This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call And welcome to Patents 2, 727 back. It's the uh, Monday edition, is what this is. And uh, we sadly have another ISIL video uh, showing, you know, they keep saying purportedly showing, not one of these has come up where it's been fake, right? Every single one of these has been substantiated. But uh, I guess for some reason they have to play this game of purportedly seeming to show that uh, the Christians were killed. Uh, here it is again, another 30 Christians brought out to the beach and then beheaded by these animals. 29-minute um, video, and uh, it shows these militants holding two groups of captives, one by an affiliate in eastern Libya known as uh, Barca province, and the other in the uh, Fazan province, an affiliate in the south. Masked fighters wielding a pistol. It says Christians must convert to Islam or pay a special tax prescribed by the Koran before the captives in the south are shown uh, being shot dead, captives in the east are beheaded. Is there not the, I mean, I would assume this is the case, but is there not the opportunity to pay the tax? Well, that's what they say. I mean, they always say that there's an opportunity to pay the tax, yet they seem to behead a lot of people, (laughs) and I'm as anti-tax as anybody, uh, but I think I'm going to pay the tax before I get beheaded. And maybe they decided, no, I'm not paying you any tax. I'm, no. Is that, uh, I mean, it's look, possible. highly principled position, but is that a correct position? I think you pay the tax. <laughs> maybe it just wasn't enough. It, it depends it on how much. Enough. Or maybe it, they couldn't afford it. Maybe they, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe and they it depends on it. how much the tax is. The tax, well, the tax, if it's monetary, it's you give them anything, right? I mean, the tax at any number, 100% of my income, is worth paying to keep my head. Uh, because, really, if you're taking a principled position as a Christian... You not, just need to not convert. Right? Yeah, you just you need, need to, to not you, convert. You need to not uh, denounce Christ. Right. All of that is fine. It seems like if you just pay the tax, I don't, I don't see how you violated any, <laughs> any principle. Yeah, my guess is uh, in the in the in the text of the law, it allows for the tax. On the beach, it does not. Yeah. That, that's going to be my guess with these horrible, horrible people. 
uh, when it comes down to it, they, they want they, the video of people paying them taxes does not get them any new recruits. Right. Uh, so my guess is they're not actually offering that option. Stinging animals. It's uh, just. I mean, it's, could it be worse? I mean, could it be? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you, I guess it could be more people, and it could be closer to home, maybe. But other than that, I mean, these are some of the worst stories we've seen in our lifetimes. There's innocent people being executed by the mm -hmm. dozens, at least a few times a week. And uh, I don't know what we're doing about it. Five missions a day, I've heard. A few bombs here and there. Uh, training? Five missions a day. I think it's seven. Seven. Five to seven. I believe it was five to seven. What was it, what was it in Bosnia? Uh, 168 or something a mm. day? Uh, something to that effect. That's too much. It, it was, That's too much. I mean, but it kind of made an impact. It uh, kind of brought an end to the, uh, you know, whatever was supposedly happening there uh, that we were trying to stop. It did. And uh, we worked our will there. We can't do that with these guys. I mean, if you're, if you're going to bomb them, bomb them meaningfully. Don't just drop a bomb here or there five times a day. Do it 500 times a day. Let's kill these bastards if that's what we're going to do. I don't, you know, again, you go to, uh, is, if we really want to stop them, it's probably going to take boots on the ground. But I, I don't know that we really want to stop them. Well, you really know. want to stop them. I do. Pat Gray really wants to stop them. I do. But you are not exactly prescribing boots on the ground. No, I, I, I'm not. But if, if, if we were going to do it right, I, I think I would fa I'd, be, I'd be okay with it. If we were going to go in there, wipe them out, and come home, and not screw around, if I was confident, and and that was the, you know that that was, that was the prescription that was handed down from on high in our government. But short of Ted Cruz being president and eighty-five Republican senators, you're never going to be sure. And even then, you're not going to be sure. Yeah. But at least you probably were willing to take that risk in well, a real-world society, unless you know. You get elected president, which at this point, you're not in the race. Is that right? Uh, at this point. Okay. Got a committee looking at it okay. right now. Okay. Uh, but, you know, we had that. We had that with the Bush administration in the early days of that war. And they still didn't do it right. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know how confident you can be, even if they tell you they're going to do that. But if they did that, I'd be in favor of it. it you know, these guys are but a threat. It, but I think that they're animals. Let's put a stop to it. The reason I'm pressing you on this a little bit is because I struggle with the same thing. Yeah. Which is, essentially what you're saying is you're not for it. No. Right. Right? I'm not Because for there's it. really no scenario in which you can be confident that right. they would do this. True. So, I mean, I, and I think that's where I am, too. But I think you're right. I mean, if you're, you can slow them. You can uh, hurt their efforts. You can take out a bunch of them. You can, uh, you know, train soldiers on the ground there to be more efficient, and those can be your boots on the ground, maybe. But that's mm -hmm. really all you have. I think right now it's, it's a weird situation. I don't think we're taking the problem seriously enough, but I also don't know what else policy-wise you do. You yeah, certainly I don't either. do everything that you, know. you can in that mm -hmm. normal realm, but I don't think you go that far. Maybe more bombing. Uh, you know more, uh, you know more activity from us and our allies. Um, but outside of that, I don't know. If you're gonna if you're gonna show an awesome uh, show of force uh, in the form of a bombing campaign, you're gonna do 200 sorties a day. You're gonna do whatever it takes to absolutely destroy them. You know, maybe you can get by that. You can get behind that campaign too. But short of that, I'm just stop it. You know, let's just get out of there. If if this is what you're gonna do, let's just pull out.
And then That's if you pull out, these guys have free reign, free run of the entire country, and they grow stronger and stronger. They control the entire government. They get the assets of the government, the oil fields. They take over Syria. They start a caliphate. They move into other countries all around the region, and they grow and grow and grow and They're grow. They're doing that anyway. They They're are. doing it anyway. But, I mean, it would be easier for them to do it if we weren't doing anything about it. Well, eventually, eventually it's going to happen anyway. It, unless we get serious, we, we're going to have to be serious to stop this threat. And we're not. And we're not. So, what good is it? I, I know. I, I just. I, it's a waste of resources. Because we say things, like, as talk radio people and te television people, we say things like they need to be serious and t name the threat. You need, how can you possibly win if you don't name the threat? And that's true. But naming the threat doesn't win the war. What does? And I think we're kind of in the agreement here that going to war wins going the war. Going to war wins the war, <clears throat> at least for a time. As we saw earlier, I don't think it wins forever. Um, you know, it might win forever. If you do it in World War II style, it seems yes. to win forever. But it, we don't do yes, that anymore. We don't. And, and I don't think there's anybody proposing that we would do that. Uh, well, except us. Well, and I don't know that I'm actually, I mean, again, like we're in the middle of this region again. We're doing, you know, have we learned anything from this supposed... Uh, move towards libertarianism when it comes to foreign policy. And I, I, look, I'm not saying I, I'm usually the most hawkish out of this group. Mm -hmm. I, I would say um, I'm I'm still more conservative than I am libertarian when it comes to foreign policy. But you know, a group like this, at some point, you probably do have to take them on. But I think they have to. You have to try the other stuff first. You have to try to slow them down. You have to bomb them. Uh, you have to train the Iraqi troops to take care of it themselves. If they start taking over and getting nuclear weapons and developing, like at that point, you have to take them on. But at that point, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Makes this stuff very difficult. And, and why you get to these conversations and you really try to lock down what we're supposed to do, you tr you start to become um, you start to find a, a larger affinity for the libertarian position, which is don't get involved in it at all because you're never going to be able to manage it. You're yes. never going to be able to manage it. True. Even when we go in there and we take out ISIS, mm. like we, you know, dismantled Al-Qaeda, there's always another group, there's always another regrouping, there's always another set of people that are going to come out and try to do the same thing, and you're going to be there forever if you really want to commit to it. Because even if we go in there and wipe them out, we will, of course, kill some innocent people that will probably create a new batch of people who hate our guts, and those people in 10 or 15 years will all unite and start blowing things up again. Well, then you deal with it in 10 or 15 years, right. but at well, least you've eliminated this threat, but then you're which you're, is a pretty big one right now. You're, you're committing to you know, that concept of endless war at that point, that concept where you're always at war because you're always beating back a new group of people. I don't know about that. If you show them how serious the United States yeah. of America is, if you literally annihilate these animals right now that are repeatedly doing this, you may discourage Maybe. it in the future. But right now they see us pussyfooting around, mm -hmm. they, they see us being a bunch of pansies, and they know that they can take advantage of that situation. If you went in and put the hammer down and slaughtered these guys, it may be a deterrent. Maybe. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, and the other we won't know because we're not going to do we're it. We're not going to no. do it, obviously. So. Anyway, it's not, even, it's not even legitimately on the table from anyone. It, so. it isn't. It isn't. You know, what do you do with that? I mean, I, I don't know. Are they a serious enough threat to us here? to go and commit that sort of stuff uh, to, to that war. I mean, I, I think you can make the argument that they are. I think they probably will come over here and try to commit terrorist attacks. Maybe mm -hmm. There's many reports no, that they said are they already here. They've already said that they would. However, right now, they're <coughs> killing people on the other side of the globe. And, you know, for the, our, most of American history, we just pretty much 
said, that's not our problem. I don't yeah. know if that's the right policy either, you know, but I don't I want know. the John McCain. I know I don't want the John McCain policy. I'm done with the John McCain policy. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with sure. every time someone says a naughty word overseas, we're in. I'm done with that. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. What if it's some... a really bad naughty word? Yeah, like even what if, if it's, it's poo-poo head. What if it's that? Well, I, I you know, I Come didn't on. include that in my Yeah, in my if they call Americans poo-poo heads. Then we're there. Then, you got to be there. Then you got to be there. I want not only our military on the ground, I want regular citizens flown in to be Yes, regular citizens with soap. Yeah. To wash their mouths out. Yes! Right? It worked uh, in the Christmas story. Yeah, it did. Kind of. And it would work here. Meanwhile, Iran on Saturday marked Army Day. Uh, there's nothing more fun than Iran on Army Day. You didn't celebrate? Oh, man. Did I oh, no, celebrate? Up uh, <laughs> uh, they did a military parade featuring new weapon systems, as well as a truck carrying a massive banner reading, Death to Israel. Televised broadcast of the parade was punctuated by repeated cries of death to America and death to Israel. Uh, if Israel makes a mistake, the announcer on Iran television said during the broadcast, uh, as heavy trucks carrying armored personnel carriers roll past, those in Tel Aviv and Haifa will not sleep at night, not one person. Broadcast on national TV, military brass, and political. That's a lot like our Thanksgiving Day Parade, it sounds like, doesn't it? Because <laughs> how, many, how many times do the NBC Today Show broadcasters talk about, uh, you know, our, our enemies being killed and not sleeping at night? I think they talk about it quite a bit. That's a big thing, a big yeah. theme. Mm -hmm. here, comes the, uh, here, here comes the float by Chick-fil-A, and uh, we want to remind you that, uh, that uh, Iran, uh, a lot of people there are going to die very soon. In a hail of American bombs and blood will run in the streets of Tehran. Oh, here's um, here's now the Bank of America float. That's very lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you hear I've that all that. the time. I've heard it. I hear mean, it all the time. It's not maybe Lauer's focus, but he'll hit it. <laughs> no, but he hits it. He'll hit it occasionally. You can't deny he hits it. Yeah. Here I mean. comes Snoopy. Man, we should bomb the Russians. <laughs> yeah. Back to the parade. <laughs> These people are so ridiculous. I know. They seem to have a singular focus. However, yeah. it's possible this is just what we pick up in our media. But it does seem like daily they are saying something like death to America in the middle, yeah. by the way, of negotiations for no particular reason. With yes. Them. Like uh, we've given to this ground yeah. and we're going to actually sit in the room and, and take your position that you want nuclear weapons seriously enough to allow you to have six to ten thousand centrifuges. As Ben Sass, uh, senator from Nebraska, said on the, the other day, the appropriate amount is zero. Zero. Zero centrifuges. None. Uh, but we've taken, we've mm -hmm. gone to that level where we're going to have those negotiations, and they're still in our face telling us that we should all die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is an amazing, uh, it's, all, it's a reality only in Obama's America, I think. I mean, I, I don't remember this ever being a case before uh, where, you know, there are official government statements from a, a, a nation that we're negotiating with. You, like, you can't stop some guy on Twitter from saying it, I understand that. But you can stop your own government from from touting the death to Israel, death to America chance for a week or two while we're negotiating. Ah, uh, yes, you can. If you actually wanted a deal. Yeah. Of course, this indicates they don't. They don't. They don't, they don't now, do they? Triple eight seven two seven Beck. It's uh, Pat and Stu. Meanwhile, uh, what can we do as, uh, you know, citizens of this country? We can get prepared, just in case. Uh, and it doesn't have to be some kind of big, you know, war with Iran that we're preparing for. It could be like a weather event. We had really nasty weather over the weekend here in the Metroplex. And, you know, power could have gone out for a couple of days. It didn't. But if it does, you can get yourself prepared by getting your 72-hour kit right now for just 10 bucks from My Patriot Supply. That includes shipping. So call them at 800 274 
3040. One of the best deals I've ever seen. Yeah. Another great use for this is something Pat's talked about before. Uh, Hurricane Rita, I think it was, where yeah. you, uh, most people, not Pat, of course, Pat ignored the advice, but mo and, and it worked in this <laughs> case. But most people had to flee the area. They wanted an evacuation. If there is a terrorist attack where your, your city is hit and you need to get out, you know, you need to leave town for a few days. You know, it's not always easy to pack up ever, all your belongings. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to just grab a quick box or a quick sack, throw everything in the back of the truck? You know you're okay Peace. for a few days. Uh, yeah. These easy-to-store packages are great. And My Patriot Supply does this better than everybody. It's 800-274-3040 uh, is the number. 800-274-3040. Only 10 bucks, and that includes shipping. Call, uh, call them now. My Patriot Supply. It's not just food. It's freedom. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at Broadvoice.com or call 888-332-8036. back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Apparently, the big word is on, uh, The Daily Show and Jon Stewart's exit from it is that he's bailing on The Daily Show to avoid covering the 2016 elections. The Guardian interviewed, uh, Jon Stewart, who said one specific re reason he left, he didn't want to cover the, uh, elections. Good. I don't want him to. So, uh, that works out really well for everybody. I'd covered an election four times, and it didn't appear that there was going to be anything wildly different about this one. To be sure, student uh, Stewart is not done adding his voice to politics. He hopes to continue his career through stand-up, books, and a uh, eh, similar angle to The Daily Show. Uh, but he, of course, bashed the Bush administration and Fox News. Said the guy whose satire news show influenced his political minds of uh, America's youth said, my biggest objection to Fox News, I say, is not this scaremongering. It's the way it's reshaped the Republican Party. It will misrepresent social and economic issues and promote the more extreme elements of the party, politicians such as Sarah Palin and Mike Huckabee, in a way that's hugely detrimental to American politics. He doesn't yeah. have a clue as to what he's talking about. No, he about. does admit in the interview he's a leftist, which is, of course, well <clears throat> Oh, what a surprise. Um, he admitted, uh, and by, I think his actual reason, if you read the whole interview, um, seemingly he seems to say that he was as bored of himself as we are of him. Um, I mean, he, he says, like, you know, look, the show's still working. We still think <clears throat> it's going Okay, but he said something like these things are cyclical. There's times where you think you love doing it, and there's times that you think, and that's definitely true. I mean, 
you know, like we've had Pat, we do the show together, obviously you love it. Then when Jeffy's there, we don't like it. There's cyclical things mm -hmm. that go on. Um, but that is true, I think, when you're doing a show. You have these good moments of like, wow, we are, we're changing things. This show's awesome. It's rocking. And then other times you're just like, ah, man, I, I just don't feel like we have a good rhythm. This happens mm -hmm. with every show. He kind of described that process and then started saying about how it, more and more uh, it was just that second. The same. One. You know, the same one. It was like, I felt like, you know, it was a grind. It felt like work. Uh, and look, watching it feels like work, uh, yeah. to be honest. Always has. It really. always has, but it's I mean, been maybe worse in the lately. very, very early days of it in 97 or whenever he started this thing, it was kind of fresh, but. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Plus, he, he shows his absolute stupidity with this with this statement. Uh, what network does Stewart claim is better than Fox News? MSNBC. Why? Mm -hmm. Quote, because it's not steeped in distortion and ignorance as a virtue. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he bashed. What him. a mindless, he mindless moron. I don't know how you have. I mean, look, MSNBC doesn't even try it. Like CNN, you know, it leans to the left, but at least they're trying to do news at times. I mean, MSNBC doesn't even give it a no. good college try. No, they don't. They're, they're not even attempting to hide that they're Distortion. Just... They're just flat-out lies. Yeah. Maybe that's what he's talking about. No, they don't distort. They just flat-out lie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, ignorance is a virtue there. Ignorance is everything there. I... I... I yeah. can't. I know. Um, he did point out one thing about Obama that he that was negative, which was he said it crushed him uh, coming out of the 2008 elections. And I think I can't remember the exact timing of the interview, but it said he said um, I was talking to that he did an interview with Obama and um, Obama admitted that his slogan shouldn't have been. Uh, yes, we can. It should have been. Yes, we can. But um, and he said they, he realized that this was not going to actually change anything. Um, so you have that. For what it's worth, I mean, I, I don't find Stewart to be a particularly interesting character in in the political realm, um, and I think he, you know, kind of does this shtick where he acts as if he's uninterested and you know sort of downplays his own uh, ego. But in reality, he's uh, you know he's pretty sold on himself, and uh, he's going to oh, yeah. do something else now uh, and leave the Daily Show to uh, Trevor Noah. So we'll see how that goes. He complimented him in the piece. It seems like it's a pretty amicable switch of power he's not uh, disappointed in it yeah you know, uh, certainly they would have held on to him i mean he makes them a lot of money and i don't know yeah. what comedy i mean comedy central which has some good shows um you know without these two guys uh colbert and, and stewart it's going to be an interesting that's a tough thing to lose at the same time they probably thought colbert would just step into the daily show when this happened when he just finally decided uh you know Stewart decided to step down. They probably, ah, we'll slide mm -hmm. Colbert in there. We'll replace Colbert with somebody else. Everything will be fine. Now they have neither of them. And this is the type of thing that they tried to do with Conan and Jay Leno when that whole thing happened, and they couldn't navigate those waters properly either. It's tough. It's tough to do. It is. Uh, usually when the, uh, when the second guy gets big enough to take over for the first guy, he's already left, and he's gone somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Somebody's made him an offer, and that's what happened here. So, uh, you know, Colbert sucks, too. So it, yeah. it's going to be... I can't wait, though, to see him being him, supposedly, on The Late Show and watch him flounder. Because nobody's going to care. Yeah. Nobody's going to care at that point, are see, they? Uh, maybe. I think... Len, I think... Uh, I, I think... Uh, what's his face? Fallon is locked into that number one slot. I don't think he has yes. any chance of unseating him. But I think he'll do okay. I mean, there's, there's a built-in audience for that guy. I think... 
I mean, it was never that big on cable, but I just assume with all the negative or with the positive press attention, he's going to get the yeah, he's going to get a lot of that. When I does mean, that start? Is it this fall? Is that when you know, when Letterman stops, Jeffy? These things kick in. And when does uh, Stewart go away? Uh, I, I think it's uh, not soon enough. Yeah, I think that's when it is. I think that's yeah. definitely mm-hmm. uh, the case. That could be true with Letterman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Letterman. Oh, for Oof. sure. Um, he could have left ten years ago, frankly. 10, 15 years Next ago. Uh, Jeff, are you getting a lot of uh, like uh, offers to try to pull you away from the network? <laughs> like a lot, of, a lot of places. Because if of, you are, you should take one of them. You should seriously take one of them. Should take one of them. Get like take get out while the doesn't the matter which one. Just good, you know. Just take it. Okay. Even if it's like even if it's like a you know Wendy's. Take uh, it. You know. Take it. And it's under the Snap table at three dollars an hour. Snap that take up. It. Take it. Take it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's our advice. Like, if it's cleaning the bathroom. Take it. Only as Wendy's. Because Take I, it. At Wendy's. I mean, I didn't say no. Okay. okay. Say yes. When they called. Call them back say and yes. say yes. Don't even ask say them yes. what you're getting paid. Just, just say yes. Just take it. doesn't matter. Because it's better than what you're going to have. Same yeah. thing I did with yeah. this job. Yeah. <laughs> just take it. <laughs> you should have asked for this one, huh? <laughs> you won't be making the kind of money Hillary makes. Uh, that's for sure. Big story about uh, Hillary today and, and how much she makes. And if you figure it out a certain way, this is a little bit tricky, but if you figure it out a certain way, she makes more money than the top 10 CEOs. Uh, what does that combined. mean, a certain way? Well, $300,000 an hour. Oh, okay. okay. So, so uh, what she gets paid for an hour-long speech. Yeah, it's you can't. Silly. She, you know, because if you figure it out at that rate, it's $640 million a year. Right. But it's not, <laughs> she doesn't obviously that. make a speech every hour, so it's kind of stupid. But right. she actually, I think, in reality made $15.6 million, which is a lot. That's, that's good money good. for speeches. I mean, that's a lot of money for just speaking. For some people it is. I Come mean, on. For some people would say, I'm broke. <laughs> some people would say, that's not enough. Who? I can't afford like, it. Name one. Um... I don't know, the Clintons. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And she did say that. When when they left, of course, she wasn't making no, $300,000 a speech yet. But she she did say they were dead broke when they left the White House. Yeah. I mean, but everybody knew she was about to make hundreds of thousands right. of dollars a speech. And obviously, everyone knew he was. I mean, if, if anything, he was going to be able to bail them out financially. The guys can go and do whatever he wants. He's a former president. <laughs> um, you know, it would be interesting. I, will, I am very interested to see Peter Schweizer's new book. We've had Peter on uh, before on uh, the main show. I think I had him on pa- uh, Wonderful World. We may have had him on this network, too. Uh, really smart guy, a guy that gets actual respect from the mainstream media. You know, on 60 Minutes has featured his pieces many times. And his new book, uh, Clinton Cash, The Untold Story of How and Why Foreign Governments and Businesses Help Make Bill and Hillary Rich, that is... This guy doesn't screw around with research. He's not one of these guys that throws around crazy accusations about the Clintons every two years with a new book. This is a like a legitimate um, guy who goes through and really uh, accounts for uh, the type of uh, claims he makes in books. I mean, he is a, uh, you know, it's hard to really dispute his charges. And he makes them against the left and the right. So for him to be coming out in a book about this, this is... Uh, this is fascinating. I, I mean, his this could be a big one. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Mm. Meanwhile... Let's definitely get him on when that comes out, by the way. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Hillary, uh, you know, continues to cry poor mouth, and she's all about the, the working class uh, person when she's making uh, $300,000 for, for a speech. They compare that to the other CEOs. Uh, you know, these CEOs are not hurting. Um, McKesson, I don't even know what McKesson does, but the CEO of, of a company called McKesson... John Hammergren made through 131.2 million last year in salary. Good for him. Pharmaceuticals, okay. Good uh, for him. That makes sense. 
So that's a lot of money. And then uh, also on that list, I think second or third was Ralph Lauren, you know, the clothing designer. He made $67 million. Wow. $67 million. That's about one half of what the uh, top guy made. That's good money. Uh, and you should make uh, Ralph Lauren. Especially Ralph. Pretty, I mean, pretty well worth it. He's not only the CEO. The guy, it's the name of the company is his yeah. name. He yeah. built the brand. Everything about that company is him. Uh, and that type of thing, you, you'd expect to make a little bit more than the average, like, uh, you know, guy who runs company well. Uh, but, yeah, like I mean, ExxonMobil. Right. Like, yeah, you go in there, you run a company like ExxonMobil well. Do you deserve millions and millions of dollars? Yes, you do. You're, you're running <laughs> one of the biggest companies in the world. You're running a large economy for a country, essentially. Um, but... That being said, you know, do you, it's a little bit, you're not Mr. Exxon. Yeah. But when know? a company brings a in different. $500 billion a year <laughs> yeah. and their profit is, you know, 50 or 60 billion, you're making 10% profit on your, on your gross. I think you deserve probably several million dollars. Yeah. Uh, maybe a hundred million maybe dollars. Maybe tens or hundreds of million. As long as they're paying the workers more. No. That's what he earns. No. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, this guy who uh, who uh, is paying his uh, employees seventy thousand. We talked yeah, about it yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. It's an interesting story, and, and by the, my means, all means, his right to go out and do that with his own company. It does create a lot of interesting issues, though. Sure does. Uh, you know, it's like if you are a person who is in, uh, you know, you're working in uh, a level of. I don't know. You're up and you're living a high, you know, high level. I don't know exactly what they do. It's something about online payments or something. Yes. But you're a high level in the technology field. And you're making seventy you know thousand dollars, and now the guy who's like in Jeffy's position, some like low level, do nothing with no value to the company, is also making seventy. You got to be thinking to yourself, why the hell am I doing this? Right. Like I could just right. be in the mail room making this money. Why right. the hell am I doing this job? Yes. Like, I, I get, oh my gosh. Yes. You know. I mean, I I, I understand. I think that the, could create a real problem. Yeah, it really could. Uh, I think the motivation, of course, is is nice, and it's it's good that he wants to give back to his employees. After I mean, he's obviously made his money, but it's nice that he's giving uh, back to his employees. I, I actually think it's a positive story. But I mean, there's that oh. would would that not screw up your internal? Yes. Uh, I mean, it Had would make to. a lot of people happy. He'll find that out. Uh, but it would also make a lot of people like what? The, so That's I make seventy eight thousand for yeah. you know I bring in you know uh, ten million dollars to this company and I make eighty five thousand dollars a year and, and the, the guy, guy in the mailroom is making the same grand amount. Less than me. Let alone like, that, I was thinking you know in, in for an example of the, say the lady who uh, uh, answers the phones and takes care of the front desk, mm -hmm. the receptionist. You know, maybe she's a nice lady. She makes what thirty five thousand dollars a year, okay. or something like that. Mm -hmm. She has the phone. Maybe she's been she gets there tardy a lot. They overlook it. They, that's okay. It's Mary. Yeah, sure. Whatever. You know, little things that employees do every day. Uh, yep. Every you company's know, got them. Overlook them. You as know you, what? As I look at you, every every company's got them. Mm -hmm. Every company's I mean, got one at least. I, boy, that's a fact, huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, and so now she makes as much as the people yeah. that are have been overlooking all that. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's well, I mean, the same, the same thing. Like but, you work your butt off oh to get gosh. up to some high level of technology. You're making seventy, eighty thousand dollars, which you know is a lot of money in in America. It's it's well above average. Um, it doesn't make you wealthy, but it, you know you're doing fairly well, making seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year. Well, you work your way up to that, and you get your three percent raise this year. And uh, Mary, the one who doesn't right. show up, gets a 100 percent raise this year. <laughs> right. Does that make does that does that make everything wonderful inside your company? I think he's going to find out that th yeah. there are issues. Not a good idea. This, you know, yeah. um, triple eight seven two seven back. More patents do coming up. I mean, it is a nice idea. I, you know, I don't want to bash it, but it's it's going to create I some perfect idea. I think everybody should. Jeffy, that's going to be good. Going to have ten thousand percent raise. It's called communism. Dave, Jeffy.
So there's a liberal analyst who said on MSNBC yesterday uh, that he has never seen a more contrived campaign than the one he's seeing from Hillary Clinton right now. I think that's a pretty good, pretty astute comment, and usually liberals don't make those. So let's pay credit where credit (laughs) is due. Here's what he said. You know, I wish I could sit here and say it's been a wonderful week for Hillary Clinton, but it hasn't. You know, all political campaigns are contrived. But the whole point of a good one is to contrive the campaign to not appear contrived. And I don't think I've seen a more contrived appearing campaign ever. It's just been horrible. I think she would have been way better served to come out and really start talking about the issues. She did sneak some issue discussions in, but they were pretty much missed. Uh, amongst all the other crazy stuff that was getting all the coverage. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, the spin I heard this morning from the Clinton camp was that they wanted it to be low-key. They didn't want anyone to notice. The best thing that happened to the Clinton campaign was the Aaron Hernandez verdict. They just wanted to go behind the, under the radar, just cruise, Mm -hmm. you know, bring in their money, do their little events, but they don't want to be the focus of the news coverage. Um, So that's what they're claiming. I can't imagine that's true. I I was um, noticing that Marco Rubio essentially stole her thunder. I mean, he announced the date after. People were more interested seemingly in Rubio's announcement than hers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe this is their defense on that. Once they realized they got rolled over, they said, well, this is what we wanted. It may be that. Or maybe they're telling the truth. Maybe they just really don't want anyone to focus on her because they realize when people do focus She's on her, terrible. things don't go so well. Yeah, yeah they originally talked. Uh, it was after it was after the Rubio announcement where I read that they uh, look. This is exactly what we wanted, and our real campaign starts down the road. This is just us rolling it out easy. Okay, and maybe maybe that's true. I, I don't know, but uh, she's got some serious serious support. People really. The good thing about Hillary is people know why they like her. They know why they like her. Deep and that's policy like positions, uh, deep, deep, foreign deep. policy well, nuance is another. You know, they one. know why they like her. I'll say that. You know, and uh, I, we can prove it because campus reform went out to find out about it, and I'm sure they thought <laughs> nobody knows why they like Hillary Clinton. They were proven wrong. Here's what happened. Tell me the one reason why you would support a Hillary Clinton presidency. Um, she's a woman, so... There you go. Diversity. Biggest reason you're going to be voting mm-hmm. for Hillary in 2016? Because it's time we have a female president. What right. is the biggest reason why you think Hillary Clinton should be president? Um, well, as a woman speaking, I think it'd be amazing to see a woman president. What is the number one reason why you'll support a Hillary Clinton presidency? She's a woman. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, and that, that's literally all. That's literally all. <laughs> Do you think that it's sexist if a man supports a man just because he's a man? Um, well, I don't know well, if it is just because there's already been male presidents. Okay. But I don't know. Do you think that is a qualifying factor to be president? Um, to be commander in chief, she's a woman. <laughs> um, I consider she'd have to have more. I'd have to look at her political stance before I say. Okay. But, but right now it's because she's a woman. Yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
See, they know their mind. Really good. They know why they're going to vote for her. And it's, you know, she's a woman, okay? Mm. That's a solid, solid position. She's not a man. Is she, is she male? No, she's not. She's, there you go. She's a woman. She actually has female genitalia. That's the most important thing in politics. That's the most important thing. What do your genitalia look like? Uh, they look different than the one that the men have. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. want to describe it, but it, it's just different. Okay. It's a hoo-ha. It's a hoo-ha mm -hmm. as opposed to a, a man unit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you have a hoo-ha, then, then... Don't talk all your medical jargon. Can you at least boil it down for us regular people? <laughs> <laughs> I really can't. Uh, no, because then it gets crass, yes, and it, I don't want to. Do, I don't want to do that. It does. Uh, I, the, the issue here is, uh, and it's funny because, first of all, we all act as if this, this isn't the, the case with most people. It is. Remember, this is campus reform. These are not. This is not more on trivia where we're going and we're calling people in convenience stores. Mm -hmm. uh, this is people who they're are, on college campuses. They're on college campuses, they're students in college, and you ask them why. Almost all of them respond immediately with, "She's a woman," and when there's a pause, they get a chance to think about how dumb that is. And then they try to sort of refine the answer and can't come up with anything. Yeah. I need to look at the positions. Um, I don't know, but right now it's just that she's a woman. Uh, you know, it's, it's embarrassing, but it's the, most people will not go through the process those people did in the video. Most people will never get asked that question. Mm -hmm. Most people will never have to answer it and feel dumb and reexamine it. Um, and uh, I think that's why you're going to get, uh, you know, a large portion of the population that's going to vote for her just because of that reason. And that is a fuel for uh, the Republicans having some identity politics as well, having someone who's a first of something. As dumb as that is, uh, the first Hispanic president is the obvious one. But, I mean, there's a possibility for a first black president. We talked to a caller who liked doc, uh, Dr. He would be the first black president. I guess Dr. Ben Carson uh, would be uh, would be the first Republican black president, but not the first black president. But you could also have uh, Carly Fiorina, who could be the first female president. You could have Bobby Jindal, who would be the first Indian president. It's almost like you have to have one of those things yeah. to go along with it. That's, yeah. I mean, and that's probably partially the reason why John McCain picked Sarah Palin. Um, thinking, well, they have the first black president, well, we have the first female vice president. But you don't get... As a Republican, you don't get that treatment from the media. No one was excited about Sarah Palin being the first female vice president. Um, yeah, that was uh, not notable to the media. They just hated mm -hmm. her guts. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that works on the Republican side. I don't think it does. I, I, it, the fact is, it, it, it doesn't. Um, but I, it'll be interesting to see if Hillary gets this kind of, you know, uh, if she just gets a pass from everybody just because she's a woman... Or if when she starts speaking her mind, if her poll numbers don't fall like a rock. Because I, I think it might. And, 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 you know, she's got some opposition right now. Uh, CBS has a story about the North Carolina man whose obituary urged his friends and family not to vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016. <laughs> his obituary, obituary asked two things of friends and family. Instead of sending flowers for the funeral, give money to charity and don't vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016. I love stories like this. Uh, there was a TV report that the family of 81-year-old Larry Upright added the political message to the obituary announcing his death and burial. Uh, Upright's daughter, Jill McLean, said the rock-ribbed Republican was passionate about politics. She says that re uh, that recollection prompted his family to ask obituary readers to reject Clinton's presidential bid. His deceased father uh, voiced his opinions regularly, and one of them was... Don't vote for Hillary. Now, is it because 
She's a woman. It's got to be. Is uh, that one reason to not vote for Hillary Clinton? If you're a Republican, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't See, like you don't like women. I mean, the Democrats are voting for her because she's a woman, but with the Republican war on women, they're voting against her because she's a woman. Yeah, right. Here's the thing you need to understand: is when a Democrat votes for a woman mm-hmm. because she's a woman, that is not a war on men. However, if a Republican votes against a woman because of her policy, that is, is a war on women. War on women. Yes, it Just is. Just if you remember that one thing, and that, the only thing that comes out of this show, maybe this whole network for the entire year, you just remember that one thing. You'll be better. You'll be able to explain every single story for the next two years. Indeed. Uh, now, we all also have uh, some more support for Hillary. Hookers for Hillary. Nevada sex workers uh, have come out in favor of Clinton for president in 2016. Group of Nevada sex workers have come out and said they want Hillary to be president of the United States. Hookers for Hillary all work at Dennis Hoff's infamous Moonlight Bunny Ranch in Carson City. <laughs> and <laughs> so there they are. They're the only hookers you ever hear talking about anything from because they did a uh, HBO reality show. I mean, Jeffy hears them in private, obviously. What I'm saying about like as far as publicly. Mm-hmm. Well, they. Uh, I don't know if we have it, but I mean, they have their uh, their reasons why. Uh, the video that they posted on the website. Really? Do they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were those reasons? I, I, I do see in, in our text okay, story okay. here, it says they're supporting the former Secretary of State because of her work on health care reform, which was a failed work, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone noticed mm-hmm. that she failed in that mm-hmm. effort. She almost had it. Foreign uh, relations experience, you mean like screwing up our relationship yes. with Russia or she what other areas on fire right now? Tax reform. She uh, almost had it. What, tax reform? What did she do? <laughs> what? <laughs> What did she do in tax reform? Uh, the tax reform happened when she was Secretary of State. In, these are not. In a, keep in mind, these are not smart hookers for Hillary. Okay, okay that's, it doesn't say that. You're no, right. it does it says not hookers say for Hillary. Yeah, not smart right. hookers for Hillary. Right. Uh, also, uh, responsible government oversight on public health issues. Okay. All right. Not sure exactly what they're referring to there, but I mean, I would assume if you're a hooker, you probably you health issues are important to you. Here's another issue that maybe we shouldn't tackle, but they're also not attractive hookers. Um, War on women. Again, look at this. War on look women. at this. War on you women. and Michael Bublé, this right. two-front war on women. Sorry. On which you criticize these lovely, lovely... Ad- hookers. They're hookers. Uh, well, yes. They're hookers. They, they Can are. we get a close-up? You be the judge. All right? I'll leave it... Uh, I'm leaving it all up to you. Donnie and Marie said it. I'm leaving it all up to you. Ooh, ooh. Different men like different you, women. We're you just decide. offering it up. There it yeah, is. That's not, uh, are they attractive hookers or... Not attractive hookers. Why is the lady with the Y hiding? I don't know. Perhaps she's got a family who doesn't know she's a hooker, hooker for, for Hillary. Hillary. Like, they know she's a hooker. They just don't know she's a hooker for <laughs> right. Hillary. Right. <laughs> so she's hiding. Triple eight seven two seven. Back more patents to it coming up. <laughs> yeah, that show is not known for its, uh, maybe the sex of it. No. Uh, Stu is just schooling us on the hookers for Hillary process. Apparently, they are, they're on a 
They're on a reality show? Yeah, it's called Cat House on HBO. Um, <laughs> the guy who is, uh, runs it is like an outspoken owner of this particular brothel. Legal, legal brothel, though. It's not, a, it's not yeah, legal. In, in Nevada, in uh, certain, places. certain places. Not in Las Vegas, but yeah. in certain places, it's legal. And so they go through the whole process mm. where like, the guys come in, and they all line up, and they pick the person, and they go to the bar, and they talk, and they, they, they actually film the um, sort of negotiation i guess you'd call it uh oh it's not a set price it's not a set price it's you don't go in there and be like i'd like this for 50 dollars. like you have to go in there they offer it you have to go back like there's a negotiation and like a, what's a what's a regular what's a normal price for that it feels like it was like i feel like it was like several hundred dollars for the basics and then uh, <laughs> the basics. for the i mean a lot of these guys most of these guys weren't coming in there for the basics Word, right. or word no, or word no. it was all it was usually oh. uh, something weird yeah something a little bit uh, really? more typically it seemed like the at least the episode i saw oh, God. and they like really Oof. they and they and they will That's film nasty. Of it. but like i would say like you'd think of like oh, this is a terrible thing to, to be showing however i would say it it gives you a real view i don't know if it's a real view but it's a, it's it's a pretty real view of what the process is which is not nice it's not like something you'd want to be involved in. It doesn't make you feel like, oh, I can't wait to get to Vegas to try that out. Like you watch, uh, you know, uh, Hangover, for example. Hangover, they go into a strip club, and Heather Graham is the stripper. Yeah. That's something you want to be involved in. Now, I can understand <laughs> that it's not really that, but you could say there's a part of a guy that's mm. like, wow, that would be a fun night. I would like to view Heather Graham in that particular way. The reality of the situation is a lot different. In yeah. fact, I would I would argue that that reality show really would discourage anyone who actually wanted to go and take part I'll in this adventure. The the, uh, the photo disagree. of the hookers for Hillary. <laughs> I, I agree with one hundred percent. The no. the photo of the hookers for Hillary was yeah. very discouraging. Yeah, because it's they're not. I mean, I, I'm discouraged from that process anyway. But then you see the reality of. Well, think about what's there, about and you're the, like, no, no. Nah, mm -mm. Think about the food chain. Right? Uh, even if I'm not married and I've got no morals and I don't, I don't care about spending money for sex. I know, like, if you're if no you're really hot and you want to have sex with random people for money, money. Mm -hmm. you could make a lot more money. Yes. I would assume in you're porn, not, yeah. or um, or uh, you could make a lot more money. Um, Escorting, right? A high, high class. Uh, you know the high level. The like people the that pretty are going woman to see, kind of thing. Yeah, the people are going to see right? Elliot Spitzer, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody's doing that job yeah. and making thousands and thousands these, and thousands these girls of dollars. Are not doing that job. No, they're they're these they're taking the walk-in business. Making a good living. Negotiating for twenty nine ninety five. It's like the difference between like a place <laughs> that you have to schedule. How about nineteen ninety five? Ten. How about nine ninety nine? How about four ninety nine? Okay, it's, it'll give you change back from your five dollar bill. It's a difference between like a hair salon you have to book months out and the walk-in place. Yes, like you know yes. they're they're at a place where look, you know, you walk in, you get a hair, and they'll cut your hair. Your hair's gonna uh, be cut. Yeah, it might not be cut quite as nice as the other place. It might have all the accoutrements, but uh, well, your hair will be cut. Okay, my final price. You, when's the last time you cut your own hair? Didn't come not as much fun, is it? <laughs> I, I, this is a weird analogy. I'm not going to really go there, but it's getting a little bit more strange. <laughs> I could see the girl saying, all right, two ninety nine, and I'll throw in the K. Oh, the, my The gosh. actual K from the hooker sign. <laughs> Would you see two ninety nine, and I'll throw in the K. The actual streets. <laughs> the Bunny Ranch looks great. Yeah, I don't... Uh, no, right. It's it's not again. It's not some guy in an alley cutting your That's hair. That's correct. It's the place inside the mall. Well, I will That's tell you correct. this. I in the early days in New York, 
when we uh, we used to go in and out of New York a lot because you know for work and and so sometimes we'd stay there for days and not make it back to Connecticut to our homes. So we'd stay overnight in a hotel. And in the very early times, I pulled up in this uh, car that the station had provided me and got out and was immediately besieged at the London Hotel by two women who gave me their cards and said, if you want, you know, a good time, uh, give us a call. Hmm, That's very nice. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I thought... No, thank you, but they didn't look like that. So, yeah. I, uh, so, wait, they looked better than this? Better than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah much better than that. Well, a London hotel is yeah. an upscale hotel, right? Yeah. You know, so that's, uh, you'd think that's yeah. the situation. We always hear that, like, some of the really nice hotels in L.A., some of the nice hotels in New York are places where some of these uh, entrepreneurs uh, hang out. Kind of a weird discussion. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what happens when you have hookers for Hillary. And I noticed Jeffy oddly you know, silent. Throughout. Yeah. Yeah, he's oddly silent. Oddly. So a guy who definitely has a lot of information on the topic, mm-hmm. just stop talking about it. <laughs> it's weird. It's a little weird, Jeff. Uh, we're going to tell you about uh, Tim Tebow and what he's uh, yes. up to coming up here in a few minutes, yeah, among uh, to Tebow. other stuff. The missing piece of the puzzle Super Bowl 2016. It is a uh, Monday, and uh, we're so thankful to have that weekend, that irritating, awful weekend out of the way. Ah, oof, man! We've had, how many times in. have we asked Glenn? Can we just come it's, in and do shows? Just work through the weekend. We don't. Can we just work. You, you won't let us. Have, you know, you don't have to air them. No, right? We just want to be here right, doing just them. Just do it, and uh, uh, he won't let us. No, you won't do it. Darn it! Wow, we had some serious storms over the weekend. Were you caught in any of those? Yeah. We were caught on the one in Saturday night where. There were supposedly 80 mile an hour winds and uh, and hail, this, like inch sized hail. We didn't get hit with the inch sized hail, but we were way out in the Tulies in the Metroplex and watching this play of a friend of ours. Wait, what? I mean, way out in the Tulies. I mean, way out, by, in the out by my house. You didn't stop in. <laughs> no, we were. It was a different Thule area than yours. Otherwise, we still wouldn't have stopped. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we were way out. It was like an hour and a half from where we live, and and it you know Damn near Oklahoma. It, almost. I mean, we're like, are we going to New Mexico? Where is this place? <laughs> so on the way back, we're seeing these storm clouds start to, and then the the trees are being bent in half, and because uh, we were we just stopped at a restaurant and ate on on the way, and then uh, we just downpour, and there was just a deluge on the way back. And so we're driving up I-35 West, heading north on I-35 West, which is stupid. <laughs> um, that is stupid. But, but that's what we were doing. And it was so bad that the signs along the way, you know, like the 50-mile-an-hour signs or whatever, 55, 65, were bent down into the roadway, into the lane, at about eye level with the windshield as you're driving through. Oh, my God. So unless you slowed down and swerved around them, you could have been decapitated by these road signs that had just been blown in half 
it was really dangerous. And wow. and then there was trees downed all over the place. And then we found out that the, a tornado actually touched down fairly close to where we were oh, wow. on I thirty five West. But it was a it was quite a weekend here. Yeah, we were, at, we were at a restaurant and the power was blinking off. I, yeah, ours went out twice. Oh, we were so. They yeah. still had people without power this morning. Did they really? Not not very many. I mean, mm. I think fifteen hundred they said or something was left. But I mean, mm. thousands of people were without power. Yeah. Uh, and all of this, of course, was God's way of signaling that Tim Tebow was about to sign with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, really? Yeah. It was very uh, dramatic uh, <laughs> signaling of that. It was a big entrance. It really was. Uh, it was. I thought it was God's way of signaling that maybe you should stock up on, uh, like, your provisions for a 72-hour kit or something. But no? Uh, no. It was, uh, had nothing to do with that. Yeah, okay. no. The, right. the Eagles were about to sign a fourth-string quarterback. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so. A fourth-string quarterback. What are they going to pay the fourth-string quarterback? Likely nothing, uh, in, hmm. at least until the – he doesn't – I don't think he gets much of anything until uh, he actually makes the team, if he were to make the team. So that Okay, would, so they just invited him to – to try out, yeah, basically invited him to camp. I think they signed into a one-year deal, which which has a, a team cut in it, so they can cut him at any time up until he makes the team. And if he this makes, it's amazing team, for a Heisman Trophy winner. I, yeah. it's so weird. These guys who win the Heisman and then you know go in the late rounds or not at all. He went in the first then, round. He went in the first round this time. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these guys are Heisman Trophy winners, and then they go in round five or six or whatever. Or sometimes not undrafted, mm -hmm. uh, and then. And then they struggle in the NFL, or they're out of the NFL, like him, in a few years. Yeah, there's some annoying writer for the uh, for Bleacher Report who was writing a story about this and was like, oh, the Tim Tebow's got more lives than a cat. First of all, a cat actually only has the one. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't, you know, that's uh, not actually much of a statement. But Wait, second, no, but I thought they had they nine. nine. Yeah, no, they don't nine. actually have the nine. nine? Um, huh. But beyond that, uh, what do you mean he has more lives? So he, high school, he's a big winner. Yes. College, he's one of the biggest, he probably, arguably, the best player in college okay. football history. Two, two national championships. Uh, yeah, he could have won, and he finished in the top five of the Heisman, what, three times? Yeah. I don't even remember. He was a huge, obviously, a huge college star. He leaves, goes to the pros, gets drafted, takes over a two and four team, gets him to the playoffs, wins a playoff game. Yeah. Then gets traded to the Jets, where he never plays. He gets traded to the Patriots, or gets picked up by the Patriots where he never plays. The guy has never had a chance following his success. He took a 2-4 and four team to the playoffs. Very true. He won a playoff game and then never got another chance. Now, we saw him throw the ball during those times, and he was yeah. like 2-36 and 36 a couple of times. No, he was not. He wasn't quite that bad. So what? But he was, one of those games, it was literally, what, 9-30? and 30? Nine of thirty passes. Yeah, or something look, like he had that some for, ugly games, but he, he had also, some ugly games, and he had some ugly, some ugly passes. Games. However, yes. he's been working with uh, Tom Brady's quarterback coach for a year and a half or something, and they say that his his uh, mechanics are much much better. His uh, footwork is much much better. He's throwing the ball accurately and and making all the throws now that he once couldn't. And they say he's a viable NFL quarterback. He's, he's now. one of those guys that knows how to win. I don't he know, does know I don't how know to win. Why nobody he does. wants to take a shot with them. He does. He just, you get those guys that know how to win. You want them on your team, man. Yeah, I think so too. He's obviously a great guy in the clubhouse. Uh, and I don't know why he seems to be really dead set on just being quarterback. He's got the kind of talent where he could play tailback or 
or tight end or something and have a really successful career, I would think. People are speculating he might do some of that. I, I think uh, it's possible. I mean, and, you know, the Eagles, uh, of course, as you know, I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, Chip Kelly is the coach. He was a coach at Oregon, and they have a very innovative offense. He's the type of guy that you think could find a use yeah. for Tim Tebow's talents. I don't know if he'll even make the team. Can. Right. We'll see. Um, but I hope he does. I really want yeah. him to. I like it. If he but does, it will like likely it. be. If he does at quarterback, it will be no better than the third string quarterback, likely, unless there's an injury. Um, which his first string is going to be Sam Bradford, yes. obviously, and right? Two, they just they traded like, for him big time, and then Mark Sanchez, they and just then gave Sanchez. a bunch of money too. So those two guys are going to be one and two almost yeah. definitely. Now, but still, that doesn't mean he can't play. If get it, into certain packages. If it were an honest to goodness uh, situation where he had a shot at being the backup, and you really had a you really had a, a serious competition between him and Sanchez. With his improved skills, maybe he beats out Sanchez. Yeah. But I, I, would, I, I don't mean, think they'll give him that shot. I don't think so either, but uh, he might. And who knows? He might earn it. I mean, the, the bottom line is here's a guy who's with a lot of football talent, who's a good good influence, not a bad one, a good influence mm-hmm. in the clubhouse. Yeah, he brings attention, but the attention's largely positive. People, uh, you know, they're, they're gonna, they like him. They're going to make more money off the jerseys he's going to sell than the yeah. contract is going to be worth anyway. Uh, and, uh, you know, he comes in, you take a big-time talent, you take a chance on him with almost no risk whatsoever. I mean, do I think that he's a great fit with the Eagles? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's going to make the team. We, you know, I don't know what he's going to do. But the guy definitely deserves another chance. Listen to the his idea stats. that a Heisman guy could come out of, uh, of college and get a chance and win with that chance and never get another opportunity is completely crazy. bizarre. It is. And a large part of this is because of the fact that people don't want the circus that goes around with him liking God. And it's like, I, well, I'm so sorry he comes down on that side of the table, mm-hmm. uh, you know, along with 80% of the country. I'm so sorry that he expresses himself and his religion. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, who cares about that stuff? He needs to come in and, per- and perform. He yeah. obviously deserves a chance to play uh, in, well, in, in, in the NFL. You tell me. Listen to his stats from Denver. Okay, yeah. He's never, He hasn't gotten a chance since then. Mm-hmm. Denver's uh, stats were, yes, he only completed 48% of his passes. That's okay. horrific. I mean, look, that's, that's, that's bad. That's not bad. That's not that good. is horrific in the NFL. I mean, I think it's of 300 and some odd people who qualified, it was 290th or something. It's yeah. one of the worst quarterback completion percentages on record. So 48%. For but he, he passed for 2,422 yards, 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. That's a really good yep. touchdown-to-interception ratio. Yeah. ratio. Sure. Yeah. He has uh, 989 yards rushing, 5 <laughs> five yards per carry average and uh, 12 touchdowns 12 rushing. 12 touchdowns. Right. I mean, so you factor in the he's rushing. Serviceable. It's serviceable. Yeah. If he could just improve that 48% to 58%, which is a big jump, but is not incredible. He doesn't need to do Peyton Manning and complete 70% of his passes with no. that running. Right. But, you know, I mean, if you put him in situations where he doesn't have to make difficult downfield throws all the time, quick releases, quick decisions, so that, which is what Chip Kelly's offense does. And that was the deal in Denver, sense. too. They didn't change the offense at all when they put Tebow in. They just threw him into the same offense that they'd been running instead of adapting a little yeah. bit and let him well, roll out a little bit. I'm... They, they started to adapt it, and that's when they started to win. Well, there you go. You know, I mean, you give him a chance to run around and, and, uh, and do the things he's really good at, and he's the type of guy that is big enough that he's not going to get injured on his first carry. I mean, I don't see what the downside is. Certainly, you have 90 guys on your roster. You bring a guy who's a former Heisman Trophy winner and a first-round pick in in for basically free to see what he can do. You get four months of a free look at the guy. Why not? He wants to keep playing, though. I mean, he can make a. He's already making a fortune just on the SEC network. And I I will tell you, though, he's not good at that. He's not good at that. Not good at the announcing. No. 
<laughs> really? He's not good. I, do you think so? Obviously, well, I mean, I've watched him several times. He's not very good. Well, he's Tim Tebow. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's soft-spoken. He's... He's not opinionated enough. He he's he. I, I don't know. He's not bold. He's not. I, it's it's hard because I want him to succeed. I want him to do well. I like him, uh, but I don't think announcing is really his forte. And, and so I'm I'm glad to see him getting another shot at football because I I think that's where he belongs. Go ahead and play the game. All right, don't announce it. <laughs> eh, maybe that's just me. Uh, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK on uh, Wonderful World of Stew. Uh, was it this last weekend? Uh, yeah, was it was. Yeah? Well, it was this last weekend. And you took a look at uh, something important. Even more important, some would argue, than the Philadelphia Eagles' uh, fourth-string quarterback. Now, a lot believe. of people would say, wait a minute. Uh, are you sure he's fourth-string and not fifth-string? We don't know yet. Uh, <laughs> but uh, assuming he's fourth-string, uh, there are some things slightly more important than that. Uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, the fact that you know, you're pissing a lot of your money away and the government does it for you. You can thank them for it, but you might as well know what they're doing with it. Mm -hmm. We investigated that on The Wonderful World of Stu. Watch. We need to fix our crumbling roads and bridges. Congress should put more Americans to work rebuilding our crumbling roads and bridges. We've got crumbling roads and bridges. We've got roads and bridges across this country that need rebuilding. They are deficient roads, and there are deficient bridges. So many of our bridges are in need of repair. So much of America needs to be repaired right now. Bridges are deteriorating after years of neglect. It is literally one of his favorite things to say. Although I'm not really sure what he's talking about, because I have yet to have an experience where I have a road or bridge crumble and disintegrate under my tires. But I do agree that we have an infrastructure problem. Our government has a real estate addiction that is worse than Donald Trump. The federal government is the biggest property owner in the United States. And sometimes that means you forget about one or two or 77,000 properties. According to the government's own estimates, there are about 77,000 empty and underutilized properties that the government has just forgotten about. Put that into perspective. That means one-third of federally-owned properties are either empty or underutilized. One freaking third! To be fair, that doesn't mean that they forgot to pay for the lawns to be mowed, or to keep the pipes from freezing, or to maintain security fences and pay for the electricity bills for all of these properties. <laughs> of course not. Even though these tens of thousands of properties are left to rot, taxpayers are still on the line for $1.7 billion every year to maintain these excess buildings, according to the Office of Management and Budget. Thankfully, Obama has acknowledged the problem. You're paying for thousands of buildings all across the country no one uses. For the last decade, the government's owned a massive and completely empty warehouse in the middle of Brooklyn, for example. Now, the government hadn't been able to sell this building and others like it because of red tape and Washington politics that held things up for years. But we're finally cutting through all that and plan to get rid of these buildings in the months ahead. Notice how he doesn't specify how many months ahead. And just what exactly is his grand plan to eliminate these wasteful buildings? Create and spend more money on a federal excess property map. Yay! Which is supposed to help you locate one of these buildings and I guess buy it or something. The government is so good at building websites. We've learned that lately. 
Just like the vacant buildings, the site has been abandoned as well. It hasn't been updated in four years. So that's really helpful when trying to find some new real estate. But let's say for some miracle you were able to locate one of these buildings, the process for buying it makes it impossible to actually purchase. First, the federal agency selling the property has to make sure another agency doesn't want it. If another agency doesn't want it, well, then the original agency has to ask the state and local government if they want it. If they don't, then they have to ask any nonprofit organizations if they might want it. And if they don't want it, the government just has to determine if it can be used as a homeless shelter, which I'm pretty sure any structure can be used in theory as a homeless shelter, kind of by definition, right? Oh, and the building has to be uncontaminated, asbestos free, and environmentally safe. And apparently those requirements are kind of hard to meet. According to a thorough study by the United States Government Accountability Office titled Federal Real Property, Excess and Underutilized Property is an Ongoing Challenge. The government can't seem to keep accurate data on the condition of the properties that it knows about. For example, the study found that this property, listed as utilized, has been vacant and crumbling since 2009. That in no way looks utilized. Take a look at these examples of federal property reported as being in excellent condition. This building is under renovation. A warehouse with exterior damage. A mostly vacant laboratory with ceiling and wall damage. A warehouse with a ceiling in the process of collapsing. A cabin with a collapsed roof. An old firehouse with collapsed ceilings. A cabin with a large tree that is, oh no, fallen through the roof. A vacant trailer with a bad rat and beehive infestation. And a warehouse with only radiological contamination. But other than that, it's beautiful. It's a fixer-upper. But other than those minor details, these properties are, of course, in excellent condition, according to the government. I think it's safe to say that no one is buying those properties and we're stuck with them forever. You know what is another excess property that is a drain on taxpayers? The massive white building with lots of windows. I mean, not, not this, this building behind me. This is actually not owned by the government. We couldn't locate one of the real buildings that was abandoned because the data is that bad. This is actually just some random abandoned building to let you know what an abandoned building really looks like. I'm talking about the other massive white building with lots of windows. That's a true waste of space. So to review, the government spends billions of your tax dollars on abandoned buildings every single year. But on the upside, your real estate portfolio is bigger than you think. Finally, where the hell am I? Why am I doing this monologue in the middle of a field? No freaking idea. Which I'm pretty sure any structure qualifies for. Any structure. Sorry, there's a bee flying in front of the camera. Yeah, I saw that. I was wondering what that was. I had him scared. Get away. Anybody allergic? Ah!
Triple eight seven two seven back. So our uh, our federal government, you know, last week was uh, was tax day on the fifteenth, and and we're finding out the wonderful ways in which our government is spending money. And you investigated one of them, mm -hmm. and I I I found it disturbing, frankly, Stu, that you are such an elitist that you would tear apart those buildings deemed excellent in excellent <laughs> condition by the government. The one with the tree? Just because they've got a hole in the roof okay. or the walls have fallen in. Yeah, I uh, feel like my, my... I mean, I don't know what your elitist house looks like. I guess mm -hmm. it's in better condition than that? Yeah, mine has a <laughs> roof that's like... It's, it's, it's whole. It's like you can, it really? doesn't have a hole in it. It's, it's just whole. Like it's, huh. uh, I'm surprised it doesn't have it with an a-hole owner... I'm surprised it doesn't have a hole in it. I just, uh, no. Because, <laughs> wow, what an elitist. Yeah. Did you see the beautiful properties he was he was disparaging yes. by saying that they... How unreal is that? Well, uh, that's incredible. I mean, we're, we're, these are pretty excellent Listed condition. in excellent condition. Poles and roofs. Uh, contamination One of them had a tree going through it. Tree going through it. Through it. Uh, <laughs> nuclear contamination. You can't have a little uh, shade in the house. Rat infestation. <laughs> I mean, yes, uh, uh. Jeffy's house. Uh, you know, people can live in it. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> you know, I think you'd rather not. <laughs> oh, man. So we're spending money on that. Yep. $1.7 billion mm -hmm. to just to maintain those? Is that what that is? Yeah, just to maintain the houses we don't want. That's uh, incredible. And buildings we don't want. Um, and, you know, you have that ridiculous process to sell it makes it basically unsellable. Uh, and they can't even keep up the that, website. That was amazing. How yeah. many steps, how many hoops you have to jump through in order to even buy one of the things? Yeah, and, like, you could why see you how, why government does things poorly. For example, you'd say government has a building. Uh, they, they're not using it. Well, you know, why not? Some, I'm sure some compassionate senator at some point said, you know what, we should see if those can be used as yes. homeless shelters. Okay. If they can be used as homeless shelters, then we should use them that way. Mm -hmm. So let's make a rule that you have to go through and make sure it can't be used as a homeless shelter first. And, you know, even with good intentions, how yep. dumb these things are. Well, no, of course none of those can be used as homeless shelters. Although, I guess any of them could, right? Like, you know, if you have a hole in your roof, it's better than not having a roof at all. Yeah. So, in theory, any of them could theoretically be used as homeless shelters. But what's happened, though, is that they've made each of these steps so ridiculous yep. and so egregious. You can't possibly jump through all of those hoops and then buy the property so nobody bothers. Yep. So, it's like, okay, well... The government has made it virtually impossible to buy them from them, even though that would help us out as taxpayers, because uh, for a practical purpose, even if something goes, if they sell it to, let's say me, I buy it and then something goes wrong, I could hold them liable. I could I could sue them, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of those things. So they have to protect themselves, I, I guess. But they protected themselves out of selling them. So we're just going to be on the hook for those in perpetuity. Yep. And, and really, it's kind of interesting because you have to have the federal government's permission to sue it. So they could really say to everybody who sued them anyway, no. Mm -hmm. So I, it, I don't know. It, it's just government inefficiency. And it's amazing because, you know, they need money so they can pay for important things. Like really figuring out things. what the satisfaction level is for gay men when they have sex for the first time with another man. Uh, how are you going to find out that information if you... If you don't spend $410,265. Right. You can't. You, you can't need find to it know. And, you need uh, to know you, it. I, I don't know why you need to know about the satisfaction level of a man or a woman in the first time of a heterosexual experience, because mm -hmm. that's probably lower as well, mm -hmm. isn't it? I, I don't know. The mm -hmm. first time, yeah. not the greatest. No. Yeah. They, it, uh, I understand. Uh, I'm still looking forward to my first time. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. You, yeah. you should learn a little bit more yeah, about... about I know. 
physiology I should. and such. Maybe um, one day. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't understand. Of course, you don't need a government study to figure this out. Uh, well, you, know. you do, because little is known uh, about the meaning and function of first same-sex experiences, especially in African-American uh, adolescent men, and whether satisfaction with the first experience impacts sexual trajectories. I am very concerned okay. about the sexual trajectory oh. of our youth. Yeah, okay. Do you go from that one to more? Or less. Mm -hmm. Jeffy? <laughs> well, while not being African-American. That's true. That's a good uh, point. That's the only part of the study you don't qualify for. <laughs> but uh, the goal of it is to understand the meaning and function of first same-sex sexual experience and to prospectively be able to assess its impact on subsequent sexual experiences, young adult sexual health and health uh, protective behaviors, according to the grant. That's wonderful. Uh, I can't, I can't and, wait. And that's that, worth every penny of $410,265. And this is why, Pat, it's, it's studies like this. Mm -hmm. The reason why I went to my accountant this year and I said, if I get a refund, you give that directly back to them. I want them that's to have, I, to. I don't want that's a right. I refund. Don't want a penny back. I don't want a penny back. It's their money. Yeah. Uh, and mm -hmm. I'm more than happy to give it back to them, even though they're so generous and offer me a refund, because mm -hmm. they're doing important things like the finding out how fun sex is the first time. For well, because you want to know the trajectory. I want to know this. I do. You really I do. do. You really do. Um, 538 has an interesting article. Now, 538, is a, a, we, we talk about them occasionally, and we do stories from their website. Mm -hmm. It's a good website, smart website, I think. Um, it's a good website, really good with numbers, and they look into odd trends and sometimes look at it in a different way, and I, I really I enjoy reading it. Um, they are, but listen to the way this is written. Uh, if you're among millions expecting a payout from the IRS this spring, make no mistake, that money was yours all along. Getting a refund means you paid too much in taxes last year, and the government is paying that money back without interest. Are you is serious? possibly like, someone who goes to this website that? who doesn't know this? And it reminds me of an experience I had um, uh, this, uh, this week. Uh, I had to go to the bank, uh, which I haven't gone to the bank in a while. Like I, the, I don't know if you know this. These kiosks and ATMs are ruining our economy. They've killed the banks. Uh, they've killed the banks. Mm -hmm. uh, but I went inside of a bank, which I, I do. I, they still uh, allow you to do they that? They do allow you to do that. Weird. Approximately. And were, I was like, are, they're gonna, are they going to think I'm robbing it? Why else would I be? Uh, <laughs> but no, they actually apparently have other people who go into the bank huh. occasionally, too. Hmm. And I had to do some, like, transfer or whatever. And so I'm in it there. It is weird because you never go anymore. Yeah, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need to. Yeah, you don't. If you need money, you go to an ATM. If it's direct deposit. It's direct deposit for most of us, and you just go right into your account. You don't have to go to the bank and deposit yeah. anymore. Yeah, so right. I had kind of a, a, a different transaction. It wasn't one I could do uh, over an ATM. So I actually went in, and I what had What was to, it, it, Mr. Uh, Money Buckets? What was it? it was, what I was, was your uh, extra transaction? Large donation to charity. Okay. <laughs> so I was uh, making a huge donation to uh, huh. a wonderful charity that helps huh? uh, sick uh, children. Really? Uh, in figure what, out in what, what their sexual trajectory will oh, be okay. after their first gay experience. That's, right. that's money well spent. It right? was. That it is. was great. And uh, so I'm in there, and I'm sitting at the desk, <laughs> and I can overhear another conversation. And normally, you, you try not to you, do overhear. You? No, you do. You try to hear it. And <laughs> so, but you, most of them are not gripping, right? You're not going to listen to a dumb conversation at a bank, right? So I'm sitting here, and I'm talking to this guy, and I'm hearing this conversation to my left. And it's this woman who is probably late 50s, I'd say. Uh, African-American woman. She's sitting there with the bank teller, and they're discussing her credit card issues. And she is, the, the teller, or the banker, I guess, I don't know, she wasn't, it wasn't behind the counter, it was at a desk. And she's telling her this information about this credit card. And it's fascinating to me. She is explaining the most basic concepts of what a minimum payment is. 
For example, there's going to be something on your statement that says a minimum payment. Correct. Now, I'm telling Every you state. that you should try to pay that all, the entire amount off. But if you pay, you're only required to pay the minimum payment. Now, I'll tell you this. If you just pay the minimum payment, you, it's going to take years to pay that off. And that's just the interest on the, it's talking like this, like she's talking to a five-year-old. Mm -hmm. Just the interest on that amount, and the woman's like, mm -hmm, "Okay, now, so wait, do you do you mean that I can't I I can't pay more than that? No, that's the minimum payment. You can pay more, but that's the minimum." And they go back and forth, and I'm thinking to myself, "This woman, it, she didn't seem like an idiot. Like, I mean, it shouldn't seem like the the person who's hand, you know holding up a sign that says uh, you know the end of the world is is nigh. She was seemingly a normal woman you'd go by and sit next to in a restaurant." who's sitting here without the most basic understanding of what a credit card is or does. And she's having this explained to her mm. at a bank at near her 60th birthday. Maybe and she's new in the country? I do not think she was new in the country. Maybe she's new in the country, just she, moving in? I mean, she, she pulled off an American accent quite well if she's new in the country, but it's possible, I suppose. I don't know what the excuse was, but it was interesting to see it. It did not seem like this was the first time this woman had had this conversation with a prospective credit card <laughs> uh, uh, you know, signee. And it's like, it's an amazing thing to see. Like, when we talk about things like, well, uh, you know, I wish it was just like, you no, know, they wouldn't right. withhold your, your money out of your account so everyone could pay those bills. How much of a difference uh, at the end of tax season would that make? Because those basic things that we talk about in general when we talk about taxes, because we talk about policy and rates and all these things, so many people, ne it never crosses their mind to even consider it. Mm -hmm. uh, people who don't know what a minimum payment is on a credit card aren't stopping and thinking about the intricacies of Obamacare. <laughs> They're not talking and stopping and thinking about what is the fair tax percentage for people who make middle-class wages are. They want more of their money, but they assume when they don't get it, it's not theirs. They have no idea when it comes to fundamental uh, rights and responsibilities what they actually, uh, what system they're actually involved in. And it, it was like really depressing because we do this all the time and, and anybody should be aware of it, it's us because we blab about these topics all the time and then we make phone calls to Moron Trivia and no one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> and and it's, it's real people. All these people are out there. You pass them every single day and the people, they're all canceling your votes and this, you know, this person it doesn't even hasn't even contemplated in her six decade existence what a minimum payment was. It's amazing. How is that possible? I mean, I was not, I did not grow up in an accountant family. They get busy. One thing leads to another. Pretty soon you're you 16, you don't know the intricacies yeah, of a credit card. I guess. I, I thought it was a pretty easy. amazing experience. I mean, it imagine going through your life. Imagine how difficult your life would be if yeah. you understood finance at that level. Where, I mean, and look, Jeffy, I know you, don't, you can't even do addition, so I'm not talking to you. But, like, Pat, mm -hmm. if, if you had a point where, like, you're signing up for a mortgage, what the hell are you signing? You know, what are you, uh, you – the interest rate is what? You don't even consider it. No, you don't. It's like, what, you know, imagine that. Imagine living that life. I mean, how would you ever get caught up? No wonder you'd fall for Obama phones. No wonder you'd fall for Obamacare. No wonder you'd fall for all this stuff. You have no information to make these decisions on. Low information voters. That's the problem. That's the story. That's yep. the story, Pat. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. Minimum payment. That means the lowest payment you can make. Yes. And stale. So I can make I can make a payment with that's more than yes. that. Yes. Okay. I'm allowed to do yes. that. You, get, you are allowed. Okay. Okay. There's no maximum. Now I'm not interested in paying this payment, so I don't have to make the interest payment, right? Because I'm not interested. No, you. 
The interest is, is not. Triple eight seven two seven. It's Pat and Stu. I don't know if I can even do these Obama warmest. Uh, the last 15 years were the warmest on record. I, I, I can't even handle it. I can't even handle yeah, it. Let's skip it. Should we skip it? Yeah, I don't want to do it. I, I, can't. <laughs> I just can't do it. I, I can't do it. I, want to do it. Even let I, it go. I can't stand just, the freaking lie. I want to do Star Wars. Yes. Can we do Star Wars? Because the new trailer came out and everybody's talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's talking about where's it. Where's LJ? Is he here? There he is. LJ, come on over. LJ uh, oh emailed God. me. <coughs> can you talk into Jeffy's nipple? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm getting used to this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, hey. so I, the uh, God, this is adorable. Mm. This Isn't is like cute? a good buddy comedy. Mm. I want to see. Uh, so LJ uh, emailed us with a very interesting theory on something he believes may oh, be boy. revealed in the trailer. Now, do we have the trailer to play and we show? Do. Uh, do. All right, let's start with that. Should we start with that and then we'll uh, we'll discuss afterwards. Mm -hmm. This first scene is really cool. Lucasfilm Limited. They're still calling it that, too, by the way, despite the fact that it's now Disney. Huge Star Destroyer. Oh, yeah. Wrecked on the planet's surface. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's what that How's that not stripped for, uh, for, for parts? parts. Yeah. Force is I know. strong in my family. Just being a role. Oh, here we go. For, force is strong with, with a family. Listen to the quotes. Carefully. My father has it. My father has it. I have it. I have it. My sister has it. Sister has it. Sister. You have that power too. This Christmas. Awesome. Harrison Chewie's in it. Seven. Han Solo's in it. Luke's in it. This is good stuff. Yeah, and now this my, is good stuff. my first impression of the trailer was: first of all, it looks cool. Second mm -hmm. of all, it's essentially a Han Solo delivery system. Uh, the main mm -hmm. thing there was to show you a picture of Han Solo Harrison and Chewbacca Ford, still in it. Chewbacca being yeah. in Throwback. it. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. It was enough which, uh, just to see plenty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know that Mark Mark Hamill's in it too yeah. because he's narrating. He's obviously yeah. narrating, and he's Luke, and so. Uh, you're going to see that Luke is aged a little bit, well, like, well, as, as we all have. Yeah. 30 years later. 30 years did, later. Did he get in any good shape for this role? I don't know if that's possible for him, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's never been a... Uh, he's mastered the force. You don't need yeah, that. You got, you that's know, right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's true. Um, so, so, Pat, this argument's directed at you. Okay. So you're an expert with language. What did you notice that he said about his father? His father has it. Present, Present tense. tense. Mm. Now, mm. and at the same moment, and it's on the screen right now, you see they show the mm -hmm. charred Darth Vader helmet. Helmet. Yes. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. However, there's not doesn't the seem to be a face inside of it. No, no, but that doesn't matter. Now, Pat, no. question for you. The second <clears throat> prequel mm-hmm. was named what? I, the second Say prequel. it, Pat. Uh, okay, there was Phantom Menace, then there was... Uh, Attack of the... Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones. <gasps> Clones. Oh, my gosh. So, I so, present to you the theory uh-huh. that Anakin Skywalker... Uh-huh. Has been cloned. Has been cloned. <laughs> oh. Okay, so the original, <laughs> the original's dead, right? Because yes. we saw him, and his spirit, Star- yeah. his spirit was glowing with Yoda and everybody else, and that was a dumb yeah. scene. But it, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and now you're saying that his clone is there. Yep. Let's bring up uh, screenshot mm. number two, please. Okay. More evidence. Screenshot number <laughs> two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, screenshot so number two. You see the tri-saber. Yeah. So my theory is that's actually foreshadowing. That represents the resurrection of Anakin Skywalker. Holy cow, are you overthinking this thing or what? I don't think so. It's great. I mean, the Star Wars universe likes clones. I hope you were right. Yeah. Now, did you get this on? Did you get this online, or is this your own? A little bit, and then I have expanded on it. Let's show screenshot number three. (laughs) I think he's brought evidence. This is way more number three. It's way more work than our actual producers do on the show. Another Could Easter that egg. Be Boba Fett. No, he's dead. No, we don't know that. Actually, in the recent video game release that was announced, they revealed he survived. Really? So, really? so that's a new outfit. It could be. Yeah. It could Pat. be. He survived digestion. So that's true. I mean, I, how do you survive digestion from the thing that was I in mean, the desert? We've, there? we've seen this time and time again. We've seen Pinocchio do it. We've seen. I mean, Disney's not afraid yeah. of people surviving digestion. What if all three <laughs> prequels were simply uh, the dream of Jr. or right the other guy, Patrick Ewing? What if they were? Yeah. <laughs> and none so, of that happened. It, it would be a Wouldn't weird be twist if it, this was all a dream of Patrick Ewing. <laughs> That would be the it's ultimate all twist. Patrick Ewing's dream. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be funny. Just, that would be funny. All I'm it, may not, is, it may not be what Star Wars fans are looking for, but it'd right. be funny. It would be a surprise. Uh-huh. All I'm saying is think about it. Ah, that's a deep, Good Jeffy point, point from that red thank desk. You. That always is effective. And you smell nice, too, Elliot. Oh, thanks. What are you wearing? Uh, are you going to start making out with him? Because we're going to cut away. <laughs> we actually have yeah. about $400,000 to offer you for your first experience. We have notes uh, on this. So we'll, uh, we'll tell you about that. I, I, <laughs> I, I, down. I'm just saying this is my best theory I've brought out here today. You, you're saying it's you have more theory. in the works. I like that. Yeah. Okay, because I, I will say, he like does it. say my father yes, has it, has and it. he's dead. You wouldn't say it like that. Although, mm-hmm. they could be hearkening back to when he said it the first time. It, it could, could just be, be and, that first and quote. So who is talking to you then? Th- and there's also theory number I don't know. two. Talking to oh. his nephew or niece or whatever, right? And not a, young, yeah. a, newer pro- a newer one. Okay. Because he says my sister has it. Mm-hmm. Somebody he does use kid. present tense, and he's talking to somebody new. So I'm just saying. I, I, it's it's you know, legit, legitimate. It's a I legitimate think. theory. Yeah. All it's, right. It's, uh, I would say it's concrete and definite. I hope, bring so. up Patrick I hope it is. is. We'll yeah. be on the bench no, of, uh, right. as an assistant coach, and we'll wake up, and that will be the end of the movie. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> I what I that. Well, funny. you know, you <laughs> could, they could tie it to the Marvel Universe is another possibility. But. And let me ask no, you No, if they do that, I will. I will. <laughs> I will it's over. Uh, yes, I will, I will never see another movie. But let me ask you this. If, uh, if that's true, is it Anakin or is he Darth Vader? Is he James Earl well, Jones if he's a clone, in the mask? You know, 
It's he's a really, clone. In, in theory, he's Anakin, right? In theory, you would <laughs> say the Metachlorians, who really are what drove the, his strong power was mm-hmm. via the symbiotic relationship. Mm. He, so it's the same physical form, mm-hmm. but it's just somebody that was trained in the, the Force. Mm. This is awesome, LJ. <laughs> this is how much time did you put in this never, over the weekend? What does like the Emperor that. say about the dark side? Um, don't don't underestimate the power of the dark side. Something like that. Yeah. Think about that. Think about like it. This think movie takes place right after the Jedi have taken control back, right? Like, I mean, they've defeated the... The, the Force n- Awakens. Not, we don't know that. Yeah, Luke right. was, like, pretty much all yeah. that was left. Right, but they, they took a, a big chunk out of the Empire. Yes, right? they did. They blew up the Death Star Well, they defeated such. the Empire. Spoiler alert, they blew up the Death Star. What? In yeah. 1983. Yeah, 30 years oh, is a boy. long time in intergalactic politics, though. So, so That's true. That is true. That's a very yeah. good point. Yeah. I'm, I'm very int- I mean, I am... Here's what I'm thinking. Like, a week before... I'm watching. I'm starting at episode one. That's probably a good. And I'm idea. walking sure. one, two, no three, question. then four, five, six. So I'm, yes. I'm doing them out of order of chronological release. Me too. But Me I'm too. going watching them in order. Yeah. And then leading up to number seven, there at midnight. That's a good idea. Yes. I'm, I'm that much into it. Yes, me too. I'm there. Maybe me we too. just run them as an it's episode of this show and stay home. I don't think Lucasfilm Limited would allow that. Well, we don't say anything to anybody. We just run them. <laughs> we just run them. <laughs> uh, actually, this would be this is an interesting patent stew promotion. Maybe we gather people and we do. That's good. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, if we didn't charge people, we could probably get away with all the screenings before, and then we all go together to the movies. I this think would we be should. fun. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm really totally fun. in. I'm totally in. No doubt. LJ, thank you. Yep. This is a brilliant, brilliant. It's theory. a, it's a great theory. Uh, I would not be. I would, I'd not be surprised to see that come to fruition. I will say though, they better come up with a good justification for it. Because yes. I mean, if it's just like, oh, I got a clone because we wanted him back, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Yeah. It's got. It's got to be something pretty interesting. Oh, they will. Now you had to have re- read some of the books afterwards because this doesn't seem to fall in line with. Um, well, I don't know yet because you don't know yeah, anything I, about I, the story. I, I, I'm really. But the trendy, book so that I picked don't. up the story right <laughs> after the uh, movie series was excellent. And it was riveting. And that would have been a great story, but it's way too late to do that because it's 30-some years later. That's why later. they show the helmet. They find the helmet and they yeah. scrape the DNA and clone. I don't know. Ah, ah, all right. Okay. So, and maybe, yeah, because maybe. then it could be the dark side because then yeah. someone could be doing that in, and, an, in an illicit way. And in the, in, the, uh, in the book that followed up the immediate series. This is the geekiest break it's ever been <laughs> it on is. television. Are we on the air or are we on break? Uh, <laughs> this is actually on the air. Oh, okay. There was a, <laughs> there was a Sith uh, Lord or Sith understudy or whatever he was. Sure, yeah. That was supposedly far more powerful mm-hmm. than Darth Vader. So I don't know if they're going to use something like that, or but it would be so much better if it's a And clone. that Sith Lord is it played be... by Patrick Ewing. Yes, <laughs> who wakes up and realized he'd been dreaming the whole prequel right. thing, mm-hmm. and now... Only to fight happened. Dominique Wilkins in the biggest <laughs> lightsaber battle of all time. How much time do we have? Like, <laughs> was, I worked in a movie theater when the first prequel came out. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I was a projectionist, so we cut it up. A week early and just watched it. And uh, people were camping outside the theater for probably legal? 30 days. Uh, really? Yeah, to watch Jeez. this movie because they were so excited. Oh, I was into it. I went, we, I went to a we string, show. We, like, turn it and on. And then it sucked. And we're like, you know, it's essentially about a kid mm-hmm. who... Who couldn't act. Who had to leave his mom and is sad. Yeah. And then the second movie where you're like, oh, Bubba Fett's in it. And then you realize Bubba Fett's a kid right. who loses his dad. 
Yeah. They were essentially the I band like I like went out. Yeah, I like went out and told some of the people camping to go home. They didn't believe me because I was like, no, I've seen the movie. Like the future. It was like it was one of the strongest moments of my life when I'm standing there with a with a broom and ready to clean the theater and. The same guy that I had told that, I was like, just go home. He, like, just puts his arm on my shoulder. It was like, should have listened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's, what's better about that. The story or the fact that you said it was one of the most important moments no, of your it's life? It's just it stuck with me. I was like, I tried. Yeah, you, you tried. Know, I just you felt, tried to make I felt it. Like, He's in like, tears failed. telling the story. He is. He's in this. tears telling the story. Well, because right he failed. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I mean, he was out there for another seven days. It was, like, raining. <laughs> Sad. <cold>. Sad. Wow. <laughs> Triple eight seven two seven back more patents too coming on. Thank you, Elgin. Yeah, that's important. <laughs>